The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host and founder of health and wellness company, W-Cubed. Thank you for joining me, whether it's live or on demand. Our goal with the show is to provide information and support for those who want to take ownership of their health and engage in a lifestyle that regenerates their body, mind, and spirit. And in particular, we like to provide information about integrative healthcare modalities that focus on treating the root causes of disease and rebuilding the body, mind, and spirit. And before we jump into the show today, I'd like to make an announcement about a new W-Cubed initiative for holistic health and wellness practitioners. I'd like to invite you all to a three-day retreat for abundance in October in Puerto Rico that I'm leading with three other industry experts. We're hosting this retreat because we believe working as a team is more effective than as individual practitioners, and we invite you to join our community, which is focused on elevating the great work of holistic health and wellness practitioners around the world. We have a limited number of spots for a high-quality workshop-style retreat in Puerto Rico in October, where we'll share better business practices from a soulful perspective, offer practical tools, techniques, and facilitated discussions around common common business challenges that will lead to great solutions. We'll strive to provide our participants an awesome experience, along with the personal and professional growth that will enable you to touch even more lives. If you wish to learn more, please email me at Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com. I can't wait and hope that you'll join us. Now let's get started with the show. Our guest today is Olivia Kavitney, Program Director for the Give Back Yoga Foundation, Yoga for First Responders program. And if you haven't heard about the Give Back Yoga Foundation, let me introduce you to this wonderful organization. The Give Back Yoga Foundation believes in making yoga available to all those who might not otherwise have the opportunity to experience the transformational benefits of this powerful practice. As a national nonprofit yoga organization, they support and fund certified teachers in all traditions to offer the teachings of yoga to underserved and under-resourced socioeconomic segments of the community. Through their highly effective programs, trainings, and resources, the Give Back Yoga Foundation inspires grassroots social change and community cooperation, cooperation as the nation's gateway for yoga service projects of all types and sizes. To find out more about the Give Back Yoga Foundation, please visit givebackyoga.org. And today, Olivia is going to talk to us about the great work she does with our very important first responders. 
And in upcoming GenR episodes, we're also going to feature the program directors for the three other Give Back Yoga Foundation service programs. Eat, Breathe, Thrive for Positive Body Image Development, the Prison Yoga Project, and Mindful Therapy for Veterans. Can't wait. Welcome to the show, Olivia. It's a great pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, Sandra. I'm so excited to be here. So let's jump right in. I'd love to know more about your personal journey and what drew you to working with first responders like police and firemen. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, it was a process um, that developed from my work uh, with veterans. So I've been teaching yoga for um, 12 to 13 years now. I've been practicing since I was very young. And I kind of realized that teaching in our typical Western yoga studio that's very much commercialized and sort of the business of yoga wasn't really um, serving me or what I knew yoga could do. So I started by teaching veterans, and I think that came from this uh, passion in me to serve my country, and I didn't know how. You know, I didn't get on the military bandwagon myself, so how could I use my time and talent to serve my country? So I started to do some research, found some great uh, programs to train yoga teachers on how to teach yoga specifically to veterans, and I was doing that. From there, it was actually my mother who asked me one time, um, how come I don't bring this to first responders? You know, there are real domestic soldiers. And I didn't really have an answer for it. I hadn't really, you know, unfortunately, it hadn't crossed my mind yet. So I did a little research to see if there was already some yoga out there for first responders, and I, I didn't find anything. So I reached out to Los Angeles Fire Department, and I'll spare you the blood, sweat, and tears to, you know, <laughs> to get into it. We can talk about that later. But I was fortunate enough that it was relatively easy because their psychologist, Dr. Robert Scott, already had experience with yoga, knew its wonderful benefits. So I brought my work with veterans to the fire department and started to work with uh, with them and with Dr. Scott to um, develop something very unique for them. Oh, that's a great story. And yay, mom, for asking that great question. <laughs> yeah, yay, mom, on a lot of fronts. She's, uh, she's fantastic. Yeah. Now, can mm-hmm. you describe the unique challenges that first responders have? Um, who are they besides police and firemen? And what do they experience that civilians like us don't? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We're talking about EMT as well. Um, and even, you know, doctors and nurses, especially in the ER, you know, with first responders in one segment, meaning in one shift or one day for them, they can experience more loss, death, and destruction than any of us might, you know, any of us civilians might experience in our entire lives. Mm. This is what they go to work to do. This is, this is their daily routine is seeing extreme trauma. And, you know, most of them, um, I would say a high percentage of them, don't have a systematic method to process that stress. How do they come back down out of that after you see a dead body, after you try to resuscitate someone and maybe it doesn't work? How do you come back from that? How do you go back and just have dinner that night? So this is a, I mean, this is a whole different world they experience that we, you know, as civilians, we have no idea. Very different from the days we have. Yes. And as a result of seeing that day in and day out, what happens to their mind and bodies if they don't find an outlet for, a, 
for the stress? Mm-hmm. Well, we're, I'm sure everyone's pretty familiar with the sympathetic nervous system or the fight or flight or freeze, um, um, ha- what happens in our body when that emergency response happens. It's the, it's the basic um, a bear is chasing you. So what happens in your mind and body when that happens? The blood leaves the visceral organs and goes to your limbs. The heart rate goes up. The blood pressure goes up. Rain waves start to go crazy to give you, and, you know, the hormones, cortisol and adrenaline spike. And this is to give you that superhuman power to um, save yourself. Now, this is an emergency response, which they encounter because they're experiencing emergencies every day. So imagine that that is where you stay. You stay in that hypervigilant state because you're in it so much and you don't have a process or a method to help yourself bring it back down to neutral, neutral or homeostasis. So if your body and your brain stays in that way and you're all the way up, you hit the ceiling, you're at the top of your stress response then a couple things are going to happen. One, no blood or nutrients are in the visceral organs anymore because you're constantly in the stress response. So you're going to start to break down. Your body and brain are literally going to start to break down and become ill. And secondly, if you're already at the ceiling, you've hit the top of the ceiling as far as your ability, your superhuman power to conquer an emergency, then you get the next call. And you have to have an emergency response again. But your emergency response is your ground zero. There's only one place to go if you've filled the cup to the top of the, the rim. And that's down. So performance level is going to start to go down if you don't bring your body and mind back to neutral to recover and recharge and rejuvenate so you are ready and powerful for the next call that you get. Thank you again, everyone, for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm talking to Program Director for the Give Back Yoga Foundation Yoga for First Responders program, Olivia Kovitny. Stay close, and we'll see you soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. It's here, announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and my guest today is the program director for the Give Back Yoga Foundation, Yoga for First Responders Program, Olivia Kavitne. And in the previous segment, Olivia explained the unique stresses that our first responders have to deal with every day. The trauma of seeing tragedy, cruelty, accidents, and death is significant and can't just be left at the office at the end of the day. So now the one question I have for you, Olivia, is what's different about these stresses versus something like PTSD? Mm -hmm. Well, PTSD is definitely something that can come from this work. Um, But what's prevalent as well is actually secondary traumatic stress. And the symptoms are very similar to post-traumatic stress. Um, You know, the hypervigilance, inability to sleep, sleep disorders, um, you know, intrusive thoughts, negative cognition, except that with secondary traumatic stress, you're not experiencing the trauma yourself. It didn't happen to you. It's vicarious traumatization. It's by seeing it happen to others, you take on that trauma. So that's a lot of what we're dealing with with first responders is the secondary traumatic stress, vicarious traumatization, compassion fatigue, where you see so much trauma that you almost become numb to it, which again is affecting that performance level. And then imagine taking this home and all these symptoms from secondary traumatic stress to your family. So it's not just the first responders themselves that are being affected, but it's the spouses, it's the children, it's the whole family that as their family member goes through a career as a first responder, they, the personality begins to change. If they're not sleeping at night, the spouse isn't sleeping at night, um, and so on and so forth. So, you know, it really takes on a domino effect. Mm. Now, you said you started doing yoga with that type of population, veterans with PTSD. So how mm-hmm. does the yoga that you do for first responders who are still on active duty differ from that? Yeah, that's a great question and a question I get a lot. So when I teach veterans, because I still do teach veterans at the um, Des Moines VA, is that, you know, we're working with them mainly on healing and acclimating back into civilian life. So a lot of it is work with the nervous system and deep relaxation and, and very much from a healing standpoint. When I work with first responders, they're still on the job. They still have to be on duty, um, you know, every day. So I'm also working with them in a systematic approach of building resiliency on how to deal with the stress that they're going to encounter and how to process it. So with those yoga classes for them, 
They're not easy because I'm purposely putting their body in a stress response physically. So we get them to start, you know, shaking and sweating. But at the same time, we're having cognitive exercises. We're working on breath work so they can control their nervous system. Um, We use affirmations to get the perception of the mind going in the right direction. And all of that is creating a Pavlovian effect. So then when they're out there, because as you know, yoga isn't meant for on the mat. Yoga is training for life. So when they're out there and they're experiencing physical or mental stress, their muscle memory is that of power, of strength, of ability, and their subconscious mind is saying, yes, I can get through this. And then they have the ability after the call is over to bring their nervous system back down to neutral. So with the first responders, I'm bringing in a big side of resiliency building. With veterans, it's mainly on healing from the trauma they've previously encountered. Okay, that's very interesting. And have you found most first responders are open to learning this practice from you? Are they very receptive to it, or do they have some doubts about it? Well, you know what? Surprisingly, um, they are very open to it. I think yoga in general is becoming more commonplace, which is good. They, um, they do have lots of misconceptions. So even though, and we all, you know, a lot of people do, but um, even those that are willing to practice it, still come in thinking that it's about flexibility. It's about putting yourself in a pretzel or it's about, quote, unquote, just relaxation, where it goes so much deeper than that. It's biologically and neurologically deeper than just stretching or just relaxation. So um, I make sure they know that. But, yes, a lot of them are willing. And, yes, of course, I'm going to encounter resistance. Um, There's resistance from people, whether you're a first responder or not. But I'll tell you this, once they hear me out, especially once I get them on the mat, after that, I've never had someone be resistant. They just need to experience it because we all are kind of afraid of what we don't know. And, um, you know, maybe they're just not ready for it. So if they're resisting it, I don't push them. I always leave a mat open for them. But, you know, everyone's on a different part of their journey and they'll come to the mat when they're ready. Okay. Now, how do you bring the practice of yoga to the first responders? Do you go to, say, the fire station or police station? And how often do you recommend that they practice to really be able to uh, come down from that stressful state, as you said? Mm -hmm. Well, um, every department is going to be different. So um, I usually go into, well, in Los Angeles, I went to the training center. So they would come to me at the training center. Um, Of course, at the police academy, I go directly into the academy. Um, Another uh, fire department, I actually use their community center, and they come to me. Some of the teachers that I've trained actually teach yoga, you know, in the bay and just take the the trucks out. It's going to depend on the department and the facility they have. Um, One place in Sedona, the Sedona Fire Department, had a great multi-purpose room, which was perfect for yoga. So it's just going to depend on the facility itself. And um, as far as how often, I mean, it needs to be practiced daily. And especially for the first responder population, you know, yoga doesn't have to mean you have to roll out your mat and do an hour of practice. It only takes three minutes to make a change in the nervous system by your own hand, by manipulation of the breath. So, you know, for any of us, if you feel a little hypervigilant, something triggered you, you had an argument with someone, whatever it is. If you take three minutes to do systematic and tactical breath work, 
you can change the nervous system. So I recommend after every call, before they go to sleep, before they go into work, do your breath work, say some affirmations, move the body, move the spine, and that should be done daily. Oh, that's really interesting. So you're teaching them these um, shorter ways of managing their nervous system. Like you said, it's just not about being on the mat for an hour practice. It's about understanding Mm -hmm. how to manipulate the nervous system. And so that's really what you're teaching them. Exactly. Our approach is a little unique because we have to bring it to the first responder culture. As I always say, we're not teaching yoga to first responders. We're teaching yoga for first responders, their needs, their schedule. So I have to offer them something that they can't say, I don't have time for. It doesn't fit into my daily routine. All you need is three minutes. They can do it in their patrol car if they need to. Um, I want to make it as easy for them as possible to access. Oh, that's really wonderful. Now, I'm sure this is sounding very attractive to any first responders or relatives of first responders who are out there who are listening to this because this is really mm-hmm. uh, a wonderful tool for them. So how would a, a group reach out to find a yoga teacher who can help them with this? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, let me ex- um, explain the importance of being trained as a yoga teacher especially when it comes to trauma-sensitive yoga, which is what our approach is based in. Um, When you're dealing with a population who might have these symptoms of secondary traumatic stress or post-traumatic stress, you can't go in there blind. You have to know what you're talking about. You have to be educated. And there's lots of wonderful training systems out there, depending on the population that you'd like to reach. So, you know, our program is fairly new. We're, we're getting more trainings going on, um, you know, every year. But if someone really is interested, I would go ahead and have them um, email us at Yoga for First Responders. I'll give you that email. It's Yoga for First Responders at GiveBackYoga.org. And what we can do from there is I can reach out to all my trainees and see if there's someone in their area. And if not, from there, I can, you know, contact a local yoga studio or anyone to see if they'd like to come to our training and bring this to their community's first responders. So we work with the departments to get them a teacher somehow in some way, either by getting a teacher to one of our trainings or find an already trained teacher in their area. But if someone directly contacts us, we'll be in touch with you and we'll make sure we get someone to you. Okay, and we'll go over contact information again at the end of the show in case anyone missed Mm -hmm. that. So, okay, so you're talking quite a bit about trauma-sensitive yoga, and that was a new term for me uh, when we first started talking about this. So can you explain again the difference between standard asanas that you may practice during a yoga class and what you refer to as trauma-sensitive yoga? With trauma sensitive yoga, we're being very um, careful about not triggering anything in um, someone's nervous system. We don't want them to have a triggered memory or to re-experience a trauma. So we have to be very careful about that. And there's certain ground rules we use, certain do's and don'ts, a certain method as to be very careful around triggering the nervous system. A lot of... um, trauma and stress and memory is in our actual tissue, our connective tissue, our fascia. So as we start to open that stuff up, things might start to pour out. Um, you know, I kind of joke that my high school heartbreak is held in my hips, you know, when we open <laughs> up hips, 
Okay. You know, especially the hips for some reason is, is a, in, inner and outer. There's a lot of memory stored in there. So, for instance, I'm not going to do an extreme hip opener that um, might really cause some memories to pour up. You know, I maybe do more gentle hip openers until I know the students and their history a little bit better. Um, that's an example. We also don't want to do positions that make the body feel vulnerable because then that will trigger an emotional state. So, for instance, I don't lift the chin and upward-facing dogs to expose the jugular. I don't really put hands interlaced behind the back. That can be a vulnerable position. I don't open up the knees or thighs to expo- uh, expose the inner hip groin area. All these little things, um, without even knowing it, the person might not even know, but you guide them there, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's a surprise to you and them, they'll get triggered, and they'll start experiencing, um, you know, an intrusive thought, and that's not what we're looking to do. So, you know, there's even words that I won't use. Um, also, with our specific approach, um, just because we're trying to make yoga more available to this culture, um, even though I love Sanskrit, I know a lot of Sanskrit, I believe that it is very necessary as you are a practitioner and educator of yoga, but I just don't use it in these particular classes um, because it will tend to isolate some people who might already be questioning yoga a little bit or have these misconceptions about it. I don't want them to have their mind wander there. So I keep everything in English, um, and I, I don't do certain, you know, I don't bring the hands together in Namaskar because it looks like praying, and although we all know it's not, there's other ways to do the same experience of having the palms together, but in a way that's not going to distract them from what we're really, the essence of what we're really trying to give them. Does that make sense? Well, totally, yeah, and that's really fascinating because many of the positions that you mentioned that you're careful about, we just blast right into in a regular asana practice in terms of exposing the jugular, um, opening up the hips, exposing certain parts of the body, hands behind the back, Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and just just thinking back to the last asana practice that I did, we probably covered all of those. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, you... exactly. And it's interesting. It's kind of cool because you actually get to explore, and obviously in the trainings we help you with this, explore different ways of finding the same result but without having to put that vulnerability into it. Mm. So it just makes you, um, you know, have to be a little bit more creative. And we, of course, lead you along that way to find that. Okay. That's a really great explanation of the difference between trauma-sensitive yoga and the thought that you've put into avoiding all the possible triggers versus a very standard asana practice where we do a lot of the things that uh, could be triggering. So thank Mm -hmm. you very much for that explanation. Now, let's get ready to go to our next break. Thank you again, everyone, for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm talking to Program Director for the Give Back Yoga Foundation Yoga for First Responders Program, Olivia Kovitney. We spent the first couple of segments discussing the stresses that first responders have and how trauma-sensitive yoga helps them manage that stress remain calm, and build mental resiliency. And if you're a yoga teacher and want to work with this group, then specific training is needed, as Olivia mentioned. And we're going to get in detail into that on the other side. So stay close, and we'll see you soon. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. It's here. Announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you again for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and my guest today is the program director for the Give Back Yoga Foundation, Yoga for First Responders program, Olivia Kavitney. Now, first responders are a special group who deserve our respect and admiration as they put their lives on the line every day for the rest of us. And in our listening audience, Olivia, there may be certified yoga teachers who want to reach out and help this group. And as you just explained previously, one can't just present a standard yoga practice to them. That could be triggering. So Mm -hmm. can you go over again where yoga teachers can go to learn more about trauma-sensitive yoga in case they want to start down that path? Yes, absolutely. Um, There, you know, there's wonderful programs out there, thank God, you know, for this type of work. And there's a lot that are specific to the type of group you would like to bring this yoga to. And one important part of getting trained is not only getting trained on the yoga element itself and the class and how to build a class and the trauma-sensitive element, et cetera, but also to get to know the culture that you're serving. So I'm not a first responder. Um, so what we do in our trainings is we make sure we bring in people who have an expertise in the first responder culture to educate our trainees on um, 
on how that brotherhood slash sisterhood um, works, how they function, because you want to come into their world. You're not, you're not asking them to come into the yoga world. You're bringing yoga to them, and you want it to fit into their life. So a good training system is also going to educate you on the population that you're teaching. Um, I, you know, I would start with good old Google, you know, um, as my teacher would say, guru Google, where you go and you just, you just type in what you want to teach and see what's out there. You know, Give Back Yoga Foundation has programs for different underserved and at-risk populations. Yoga for First Responders is one of them. There's one for veterans, prisoners, people with eating disorders, 12-step program, at-risk youth. So right there, you have a bunch of programs for different segments of the population that um, have training systems for you to go and attend. And, you know, beyond that, I, you know, of course, I did my own training, but I also continue my training always. I'm always looking for different programs that can learn more and um, find different teachers. I'm always reading not only about, you know, Vedic sciences and yoga, but also books about the first responder culture. And about once to twice a month, I spend a shift at a fire department and I do a ride along with um, a police officer so I can see what they see every day and I can make our approach even more specific to their needs. Mm. That's great. Now, given the training, what other special skills would you say are needed for someone who wants to work with first responders in this way? The big thing I would say specifically for teaching first responders is that you have to have um, an authority about you as you teach. And this is something, you know, and I'm not saying to change your personality, but try to find this within your personality and bring it to the forefront when you teach classes to them. They're not going to, and again, I'm making a general statement here, everyone's different, but in general with this population, they're not going to answer to a soft teacher. So a lot of times you might go into a yoga studio and you have a wonderful teacher who's very soft and, you know, kind of uses our flowery language of yoga. They're probably not going to respond to that. You have to take on that position of being an authoritative figure, sitting in the seat of the teacher and knowing what you're talking about so they will listen to you. That being said, when I walk into a department, I have the utmost respect for what they do, who I'm speaking to. But when it's time to get on the mat, you have to make sure that you are doing your part so they, in turn, respect you. And then you're going to be doing them a service that they need. If they don't have that trust or respect in you because you're not being the authoritative figure, you're doing them a disservice. They're not going to learn the yoga from you. Well, that's really fascinating. And I think that goes back to just understanding the first responder culture, as you said. that. Yeah, that's the softer approach. That's just not part of their culture. And so, uh, like you said, you have to bring it to them, what will work for them. And so that's a very right. interesting point. Yeah, know your audience. And so, like know I said, that's for, that's for first responders. Now, a, a long time ago, um, I taught, I was asked by the studio where I was teaching to teach a group of cancer patients. And at this time, I had not been trained in trauma-sensitive yoga or done any training in that realm. And I only lasted about three weeks because I, I couldn't take it. It was too difficult for me to teach them. It hurt me to teach them because I hadn't prepared myself by doing any trainings on how to teach that population. And also, I didn't know what was best for them 
for me as a teacher, how to speak to them, what to say or not to say. And that was a big learning tool for me is that I felt unprepared, so I couldn't serve them. And so I didn't know how to speak to that population, and I still don't because I'm trained to teach military and first responders and veterans. So if you want to treat, you know, some cancer patients, then go into a training that's specific for that, perhaps. That's just an example. Okay. That's, that's a really great point. Now, if someone goes through the training and they're all ready to go, how would you suggest they build a first re- responder client base? How do you do it? How mm-hmm. do you get started? Well, every experience is going to be different, and every experience of mine in different departments and cities have, has been different. Um, what I would do right away is write an email, make a call, but a really effective tool is to walk in and knock on a door. Face-to-face um, is usually how I've gotten the most success. Um, talk to the behavioral science um, department of, you know, usually bigger departments and bigger cities will actually have a whole section of behavioral wellness with psychologists. And they're the ones you really want to get into. Because when I worked at LASD and LAPD, I worked directly with both their psychologists. And it was through the behavioral sciences department. So that's a great way to go through. Some, some smaller cities might not have a department for it, but a psychologist they work with in town. And you can get their number and talk to them about it. So that's a good way to get in. Also, maybe the physical training um, department is another good way to get in. Even though we're doing really mental training that we're doing with yoga, usually it does fall under the umbrella of physical training. Um, If you're not getting anywhere with them at first, don't take no for an answer. Do it yourself. Find the community center, YMCA, a studio that's willing. And if you build it, they will come. Get an hour and start sending out flyers, posting flyers, notify the department. Say a free or by donation, one-hour yoga for first responders class, trauma-sensitive, build resiliency for peak performance, and have them come to you. You might start with no students, then one, then that guy tells his buddy, and then that guy tells another buddy, and she comes, and, you know, you'll build it. But there's many different ways to do it, but, you know, there's really no, you know, black and white structure for that. It kind of just depends on the department. Yeah, but it sounds like just being assertive and being committed and don't give up if that's really what you oh, yeah. want to do. Exactly. Don't, you don't have to wait for the department to open its doors for you. If you want to offer this, then offer it anywhere and just let them know because and open up to their spouses because like I said their spouses get affected and their children by their job as well so maybe start with their spouses and say you know all the spouses of the so-and-so police department and fire department there's a free class for you you know once a week that's great advice that really is now, in the remaining, we have about four minutes left in this segment. Can you talk to mm-hmm. us about some of your personal challenges and triumphs in doing this work with the first responders? You alluded at the very beginning to some blood, sweat, and tears. So, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, what was that? Well, listen, bringing a new concept to a culture that's not familiar with it, or not even not familiar with it, but have misconceptions based on the commercialism of yoga in the West it's going to be different. You know, when I first started out and still sort of this way, but it's getting better, I had to do a whole song and dance in front of every captain and chief just to get a yes, we'll try this, you know, and I'm not even asking to be paid for it. I'm just saying, can I bring you a free yoga class? 
And so it was a lot of having to bring the why behind it, the science behind it. Look, I'm not making this up. You know, this is our science that shows that mindful techniques actually change the nervous system. I can offer this to you. I'm not going to bring the woo-woo of yoga. You know, give me a chance. And so there's a lot of that. It's a lot of effort you have to put into it. So you got to have a love and a desire to do it. And also another big challenge, um, and I teach this in my trainings, is self-care. You've got to take care of yourself because you're going to hear a lot of stories from these guys of why they can't sleep at night, guys and gals, of why they can't sleep at night, what happened to them. And you're going to take that on. You're going to hear it. It's going to go into your subconscious mind, and you've got to do your practice to eradicate it from your system so you're able to do your job. That's right. Yeah, self-care is so important. If you want to help others, you really have to be in a strong state yourself to be able to do that. You can't uh, run yourself down into a, a stressful state to be able to reach out and help help others. So, yeah, exactly. that's, yeah, that's really great advice. So, again, yes, just being very assertive and committed. Uh, it sounds like you had to talk to a lot of people before some doors were open for you. Yes, I did, but um, I have to say that once I did that presentation, that song and dance, um, I never got a no. Everyone uh, opened their door to it, but it just takes a lot of effort, and you, like I said, you got to know what you're talking about it and be passionate about it. Yeah, and I like the point that you made about the science supporting this because it mm-hmm. is definitely on your side. Just like you were saying at the beginning of the program, the sympathetic nervous system versus the parasympathetic nervous system. Um, I think the the stress that first responders see, the, the chronic state of stress that they see is very elevated. Though it's the same thing for many people who are in mm-hmm. a hectic career, for example, who are chronically stressed. Uh, it's, exactly. It's, bad for everyone. And the science is there to support that, that uh, the sympathetic nervous system is not where you want to be living. Your body and mind will degrade over time mm-hmm. if that's where you're at. Yeah. Okay. I mean, no one's free. No one's free from it. Correct. That's right. All right. Well, thank you for all that wonderful advice for yoga teachers who may want to start working with this population. Those are great pointers. And on that note, let's get ready to go to our final break. Thanks for joining us, everyone. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And I have been talking to the program director for the Give Back Yoga Foundation, Yoga for First Responders program, Olivia Kavitney. And we covered a lot of ground about how trauma-sensitive yoga helps first responders and where to go if you wish to extend your yoga teaching expertise to this area. And we're going to go ahead and get ready for a break, and we'll see you on the flip side with some first responder success stories from Olivia and also repeat some contact information. Thanks a lot and see you in a few. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. It's here, announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. 
we aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks again for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and my guest today is the program director for the Give Back Yoga Foundation Yoga for First Responders program, Olivia Kavitney. And this has been a really informative show. I've learned a lot. Olivia provided wonderful information today about how trauma-sensitive yoga helps first responders and where to go if you wish to extend your yoga teaching expertise to this area. And as we get ready to wrap up, I'd like to ask you, Olivia, about the positive changes that you've observed in your clients as you work with them. Can you share some mm-hmm. of this with us? Yeah, sure. You know, one of the first um, first times I really heard some great feedback is Los Angeles Fire Department, before I moved from L.A., they wanted to do, their media department wanted to sort of showcase the work I had done for them. So we did a little um, promotional video about the yoga that I had brought there, and I can tell you where to find that video shortly. But we were asking a lot of my students to give some testimonials about their experience and how yoga has helped them. And, you know, I, w- I would get good feedback here and there, but a lot of times they come in, they take class, and they leave. So when I... You know, when they sat down and really started to talk about how yoga has affected not only their career but their everyday lives, I mean, I was floored. I started to get tears in my eyes. I couldn't believe how much it affected them and and changed them. Just, you know, I would teach twice a week there. And that just, I mean, it just meant the world to me. And with all the blood, sweat, and tears I was telling you about, it makes every single second of difficulty getting into this absolutely worth it. So that was the first time that I really realized this is making a huge change. And then beyond that, you know, I'll get um, a firefighter coming up to me telling me, you know, that he hasn't been able to sleep after a call and he would use our three-part breath technique and he would fall asleep or he would use his breath work when he would approach a call, which I just was beaming knowing that they're taking this off the mat. That's what I want them to do is take the work off the mat. You know, I had one um, guy tell me I was teaching a mandatory training and he came into the training with arms crossed, like, oh, I don't want to do yoga, you know. And by the end of the presentation and the demonstration of the yoga, he came up to me with tears in his eyes and told me that he hasn't been able to sleep in a year 
since um, a critical incident happened. And he fell asleep during our deep relaxation and knows he can go home that night and fall asleep for the first time. So when you hear stories like that, I mean, you just, I I just can't describe the feeling. And you're so proud of what you do and um, so glad that you went through all the training that you did to, to do it. So I get stories like that all the time. And when I see my police recruits, who I see the most often, when I see it click for them, and I see them start to implement the breath during a difficult posture and their body's shaking as their trauma's leaving their tissues, but they're maintaining their breath. Oh my God, I'm just a, a beaming teacher seeing them, seeing it click for them. Yes. Wow. That's really amazing stuff. It's wonderful. Now, can you remind us again where our listeners can go on the web and social media if they want to learn more about Give Back Yoga Foundation and in particular the work that you're doing with first responders? Mm -hmm. Where can they go? Give us all that information once again. So if you go to the website givebackyoga.org, that's the umbrella nonprofit, Give Back Yoga Foundation, and you'll see all our programs in there, including Yoga for First Responders. And the quick link for our webpage would be givebackyoga.org slash YFFR. But again, if you just go to the website and under programs, you'll see all our programs, including my Yoga for First Responders. We have a Facebook page. Just look up Yoga for First Responders. It's right there. Um, we have an Instagram, Yoga for First Responders Instagram. If you want to send us a personal um, email, the email address is yoga for first responders, all spelled out, at givebackyoga.org. And um, that YouTube video that I talked about, about my work with Los Angeles Fire Department, if you go to the Give Back Yoga Foundation's YouTube page or if you just uh, look on YouTube and you write in Yoga for Heroes, it will come up. Um, before we changed the name to Yoga for First Responders, and I was just doing it by myself at um, LAFD, I was calling it Yoga for Heroes. So that's the name of that video. Okay, that's great. All right, folks, let's check all that stuff out. Those are great resources. Now, do you also have any upcoming events or trainings that you would like to mention? Yes, we do. We have some scheduled for 2016 that are in the works, but our next one is actually in Myrtle Beach at the Myrtle Beach Police Annex, uh, Training Annex. It's October, October 7 through 9, and this is our basic training. You don't have to be a yoga teacher to attend, so anyone who's interested in how yoga can affect you on a psychophysiological level and the deeper benefits of yoga... um, can attend this training. So it's not required to be a yoga teacher. And we actually have a deal with that right now for the next 10 people who sign up. They will get a free t-shirt, a Yoga for First Responders t-shirt, a deep relaxation yoga nidra CD, and a Give Back Yoga magnet. So if you look on the Give Back Yoga Facebook or the YFFR, Yoga for First Responders Facebook, you'll see that campaign. Um, happening. So the next 10 people that sign up get that. And, you know, with these trainings, we're really teaching the true intent of yoga, which is mastery over the mind and optimal functioning of the nervous system. So if you just really want to get that deeper knowledge of yoga and the true intent beyond the, you know, fancy commercialism and yoga pants, then this training (laughs) is for you. But if you're looking for, you know, to bring it to first responders, it's especially for you. And when you attend our training, 
You're part of our team. We support you. We will help you and support you to get you into your local department. You know, we'll help you with phone calls and emails. And we also have a wonderful sponsor, Diam, who um, if you have a program happening um, through one of our trainings, then you can apply for a donated yoga mat, and they'll give you yoga mats for your students. That's wonderful stuff. Yes, and yeah, I really so it's like really the cool point- to be part of our part of our team. We're a real family. Yes, really awesome. Yeah, and I like the point that you made about getting to the crux of what yoga is about because yoga is not about uh, putting yourself into a pretzel and uh, complicated postures. It's really much deeper than that. And we've talked about that quite a bit on the show, the depth of the science of yoga and Ayurveda. So I think it's great that you're bringing... Mm-hmm that you're bringing what it really is to people who really could use it. That's really wonderful. And yeah. that's actually all the time that we have for today. Olivia, thank you so much for stopping by and sharing a wealth of information about the value of your work with trauma-sensitive yoga with our amazing first responders. I wish you all the best with that and for the rest of the Give Back Yoga Foundation as well. I hope you all are able to continue touching many, many lives. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sandra. I had a great time. Thanks. And thank you, everyone, again for joining us. And we'll see you next week, same time, same place. And our guest will be Joy Martina, Ph.D., co-author of Sleep Your Fat Away. It's a simple title, but it actually is really fascinating stuff about reprogramming the subconscious mind and mind training to be able to make better choices. It's really powerful stuff. And in the meantime, you can follow my company, W Cubed, on Facebook and connect with me on Twitter at Sandra G. Malhotra. And be sure to check out all of our activities at WCubedCommunity.com, especially the upcoming Retreat for Abundance for Holistic Health and Wellness Professionals. Thank you so much again, everyone. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.